0: This episode of the Data Center Podcast is brought to you by Data Center World, the global conference for data center, facilities, and IT professionals. Join industry colleagues in San Antonio from March 12th to March 15th, 2018, to discover solutions to real-world data center problems. Learn more at datacenterworld.com. Again, that's datacenterworld.com. Hi everybody. Thanks for listening to the Data Center podcast. We're at Oracle Open World in San Francisco right now. We're, we're joined with Kash Iftikar. He is Vice President of Infrastructure as a Service uh, for Public Cloud Services at Oracle. Uh, we're outside between Moscone North and uh, Moscone East, I believe. South, Moscone North and South. Uh, we're on Howard Street where normally you see cars speeding by, but right now there is gray carpet and people eating and talking and basking in the sun. Um, anyway, I'm saying all that to explain all the noise that's happening around us. Hope you guys don't mind that too much. Um, so, Kash, thanks, thanks a lot for joining us. Thanks for taking the time.
1: Hey, thanks for having me here. It's a pleasure.
0: Uh, tell us a bit about yourself. You started at Oracle only this January. Um, tell us briefly how you ended up in this job
1: and what you did before. Sure. So, I've been with Oracle for the past year, and uh, before that, you know, I've done a couple startups and worked for large companies. So. I started off my career with Cisco uh, working mostly on the infrastructure networking uh, side. Then I moved to a startup, a relatively uh, larger scale startup called 4 10 Networks and this was during the early days of uh, mega scale data centers who so worked very closely with cloud providers such as you know, Google and Microsoft and they were building their scale out you know, uh, uh, infrastructures. Uh, did that, the company was acquired by Dell, and I ran the Americas business for Dell for close to about two years. Um, and then I started to do a startup again. I'd known some people who were doing some really interesting stuff, uh, disrupting the uh, data center market and specifically the software defined networking industry. So we did that uh, for close to four years, uh, had a lot of fun doing that, and uh, the company was eventually acquired by VMware. After that, I had a choice to go in multiple different directions, uh, but I decided to come over to, to Oracle, um, and I can talk a little bit about why why I made that decision.
0: Yeah, uh, tell us what was it about the way Oracle does cloud that made it attractive for you?
1: Yeah, so after doing uh, my startup for close to about four years, I realized that you know there were some uh, in the private cloud world, at least my perspective, you know, th- things uh, th- th- there was not enough strong momentum. There were much Uh, larger, impactful changes that were happening on the public cloud side. And uh, I also saw a very clear opportunity, because when when we were working with a startup on the private cloud side, I was in the OpenStack ecosystem, the Kubernetes, Mesos, and and Docker. And the opportunity was that there was a lot of enterprise infrastructure that needed to be disrupted, or uh, customers, I should say, customers were looking to move their applications, reform, refactor their application, or take those applications over to the the, the cloud, whether it would be private or public. And uh, the market opportunity that I saw uh, was was really after those complex enterprise workloads uh, where where customers, frankly, needed a lot of help. And what the market was offering with the existing public cloud providers, as far as I saw, was uh, more more aligned towards just the cloud-native workloads. Um, So during this process, you know, uh, you get to know a few people. So in this process, I ended up meeting uh, Don Johnson. He's the person I report to. He runs the entire uh, infrastructure as a service portfolio. And one thing led to the other, and I was really uh, blown away with what Don was able to do in terms of attracting the best talent on the planet uh, to build the infrastructure at Oracle. Uh, That was clearly one. The second thing where we were aligned was uh, the view of providing an infrastructure that could accommodate not only uh, you know, the, the cloud native workloads, but also the the, the initial enterprise complex workloads I was talking about. And I was really, really intrigued by that. Um, number three was that I saw a very, very clear commitment because this is big business when you're bringing mega scale data centers and running uh, you know, orchestration software or cloud software on top of it and uh, giving customers the option to migrate applications, bring applications. So this requires heavy investment, heavy commitment. Um, so Dawn was very aligned, I saw that um, from Thomas Kurian, who was part of the, the process, I, uh, you know, the interview process. And uh, I felt that you know, Oracle had all the ingredients in place to make it happen, um, and I felt that I wanted to be part of that uh, and, and build something very transformational. So that, that's how I got here, and so- having a lot of fun since then.
0: Even though Oracle has been way behind the top cloud providers in terms of market share, I'm talking about Amazon, Microsoft, um, the cloud business has been growing nicely in recent quarters uh, for Oracle. Um, what, what is it that makes companies choose your guys' cloud services over the big obvious ones? Yeah.
1: So I think the uh, first thing, uh, uh, my point of view, after coming to Oracle, uh, and, 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 and just a point of view on Oracle's cloud business in general, uh, if you if you simply look at it from an infrastructure as a service perspective yes that point is valid that we have uh, started relatively later compared to you know example as an amazon but if you look at our application portfolio we've been in this business for a very long time with our software as a service offering and our platform as a service offering however i, I feel that that uh, uh, entering into a market is uh, never late if the if the if the direction is clear and we actually have an opportunity where we we can do a lot of things the right way. As I mentioned that our focus is primarily on the enterprise workloads uh, first, uh, because that's the, the audience that, that Oracle sort of uh, engages with uh, and has been for over decades. Uh, building an infrastructure that, where we can scale right, where we can pro- provide uh, core capabilities uh, where, where enterprises can bring their en- enterprise workloads over to our platform. Uh, We feel that, you know, starting late, uh, as you may call it, actually really helped us. Uh, But even with that said, uh, we have developed our features at an incredible velocity. Uh, If you look at uh, Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, which is a new name for, you know, our branding for bare metal cloud services, which was launched last year. If you look at tons of features that we have launched since then uh, and running production workloads, which is, which is which is echoed by tons of customer references, which which you're you're hearing from here at Oracle Open World specifically and on the IaaS business. I think we've done a really good job, but this is this is not going to stop. This is going to continue, uh, and we have very very aggressive uh, schedules in terms of what we want to do from a feature development perspective, which I can comment on. So I feel that our position is very good. Uh, you know, 80 percent. You know, the numbers. 80 percent of the infrastructure has still not moved to the cloud. This is a long battle uh, or, 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 or a journey. And, and I think uh, uh, from our perspective, we, we are very ready for it. And we're just starting off, I guess. Yeah.
0: Does that being already, you know, having the enterprise install base, um, how much of a leg up does that give you guys?
1: I think, you know, so we have to have a fantastic product, right, which customers uh, can come to and really be very comfortable in running their workloads. That has to be the bottom line. But what also really helps is, you know, having the, having the uh, engagement with customers and running mission critical workloads for decades gives us a really good advantage in really understanding these complex applications, right? Uh, of course, the second thing that helps us is the relationships that we have with these customers uh, because we've been running that application for a long time. Combined effect of that is that we are able to translate those requirements, I believe, in a much, much more specific manner uh, and understand that the, the, uh, from from a solution perspective, we understand very clearly what we need to do better than other providers. Our our point of view is that. And then take those uh, requirements and put them uh, on our platform. I think that gives us a, a, a huge competitive advantage. Of course, we have to execute, and as I mentioned, we have been executing at a pretty rapid pace. Um, so I, I think we've, we've done a good job, but we have a lot more work to do.
0: Hybrid cloud is a growing thing in the enterprise. Um, Oracle has Oracle Cloud at customer for the on-prem side of hybrid, but that's a, a system customer needs to buy. Same thing with Microsoft's Azure Stack, another on-prem system. Um, Amazon's VMware partnership looks like a more elegant way to approach hybrid cloud, where you have Existing VMware environments on-premise, reportedly seamlessly integrated with um, with Amazon's cloud.
1: Um, how
0: do you guys compete with with that kind of offering? Where...
1: Yeah. So I'll, I'll I'll talk more about how what we offer and how what our approach is, and sure. uh, I, I'll let the other cloud providers differentiate for themselves. Um, from our perspective, it's a very very simple value proposition. The customer want customers want to consume. Our services, our applications, our databases, um, in the cloud, on-prem, hybrid. It's our job as Oracle to provide them those capabilities. So compared to any of these providers that you mentioned, you know we had launched these services long time back. Uh, we had done a lot of work where we had consistent set of APIs across different, uh, you know, consumption models, as I would call it, on-prem, hybrid, or or or, or the cloud. And then what we've also done is that, you just heard about our pricing model, the universal credit model. And having a pricing model for customers where they can again get the same choice. They can consume our services on the cloud and on prem with with the clouded customer. Um, So from our perspective, I think uh, we are providing the most simple way of consuming the cloud where customers want to meet us. If they want to be behind the firewall, they can get all our past now SaaS services behind their firewall with Clouded Customer, and you know the, the business model remains the same. The consumption model remains the same. So we feel pretty good about our strategy, um, and it's uh, you know and, and we are continuing to grow that business both on the public cloud and also on the Oracle uh, Clouded Customer initiative. Um, and I think we do have an advantage that you know a lot of these infrastructure components. Uh, we manufacture or build ourselves some of the capabilities. We have our own control fabric. So having a control of the entire stack gives us some capabilities from an operational um, perspective as well. So we have we have our competitive advantage and we are we are executing on that strategy.
0: How, um, how popular is, is cloud at customer? Um, how
1: popular has it been among your customers? I, I do think that clouded at uh, a customer has, has got a pretty good uptake. Um, you know, uh, if you look at, you know, from a clouded customer perspective, it's offered in different flavors. So we have our exit data services also available from a clouded customer perspective. We have a lot of PaaS services. So it's, and, and then we have also infrastructure services. Um, and then now what we're doing is we're also building our PaaS services on top of the clouded customer. Um, we, we're not sharing publicly you know, the unit count or the numbers, but what I can tell you is that it's been very, very uh, popular with some customers. It just gives them the, a choice, uh, a flexible choice to consume the cloud. Um, and Is it usually security and um, performance that makes? I think performance and security, you know, uh, it's, it's a longer conversation. I, I, I really think what we, what, what we are seeing is that whatever the customer's comfort level is, um, if, from a performance perspective, look, we are using the same hardware, exactly the same hardware. X7 servers on It's server a customer, as an example, for a compute, we're also using the same in the public cloud. Um, we really feel that sometimes it's a customer's choice and a decision. It could be because of, you know, some of their regulations and policies that they want to have services on-prem. So we just give them the choice. It's, it's pu- purely up to the customer so that they can make a very comfortable decision. on on whatever model they want to consume. Um,
0: And geographic reach of physical cloud infrastructure is uh, pretty important for customers. And Oracle spent a lot on data center expansion last year uh, based on some real estate uh, broker reports. What are you guys doing in terms of expansion this year? How many regions is the platform in today? What are you adding? What, What are your targets?
1: so if you think from our uh, the stepping back and really understanding how we are approaching this market so that we set the context of, of reachability or expandability or or our uh, you know data center presence so we are in the application business we are in the platform business and we are in the infrastructure business so a lot of us uh, uh, software as a service a lot of our software as a service has presence has had presence in multiple regions and they may be running on their own infrastructure our platform as a service, Uh, is also consolidating on the Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, but they have their own data centers as well. And then, uh, as you know, we have had an Oracle Cloud Infrastructure Classic offering, uh, which uh, has had presence in the US and also in the international market like EMEA and uh, Latin America and Australia in particular. For the mega regions, uh, which is the Oracle Cloud uh, Infrastructure, uh, we have two regions. Uh, that are operational and running in the United States. It's actually very timely. In fact, last week, in fact, this week, uh, you know, the German uh, region is uh, is alive, uh, is is basically operational, and we have announced uh, availability uh, of the UK data centers targeted in the uh, February March timeframe. So, to answer your questions, we have global presence. We are continuing to invest, and based on the right market opportunity um, and the customer demand we will keep on expanding our footprint um, so we have an aggressive schedule uh, we have not publicly announced in terms of where we are going to open up our next regions other than the ones that i, uh, I mentioned but I suppose
0: asia should be high kind on of list yes
1: uh, i mean it's all pretty obvious right uh, asia is definitely a, a big market for us but you know when you look at Asia, you can't look look at Asia as a monolithic sort of a region. It has its own nuances, so we have a really, we have a really good footprint in from an Oracle perspective and we are getting inputs from our customers, so we are gonna target our regions wherever we feel that we can cap, we can best optimize our region and get customers uh, to migrate over, or come to our cloud. This will be this will be announced shortly. And so, nuances
0: in, in Asia would be like data center in Tokyo to serve the Japanese market versus data center in Singapore or Hong Kong to serve China, or a data center in China to serve China. Is that the kind of nuances you're talking about? Yeah,
1: I think you know there there are specific customer requirements, right? I've spent I've spent a lot of time in in uh, in, in the Asian uh, market building businesses there and you know anybody who's done business in asia knows that you know they have their own very specific uh, requirements from a ja- japan perspective china by itself is a huge market uh, how you actually enter into the chinese market you know from a go to market perspective is something that you, any any company has to think through and you can think about you know other other cloud providers have also had to make some strategic decisions based on that so these are important decisions and uh, you know uh, we, we 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 seem to be in really good shape because Oracle has had a tremendous customer base in those markets. So we feel that we 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 will make the right choice and uh, expand our footprint or land our footprint in in the, in the right regions where we see the the right market opportunity.
0: You guys, um, your your group made uh, some some big announcements at the event this week in terms of new infrastructure features, more powerful uh, bare metal instances, GPUs. Can you talk? about all, all the things that you guys introduced. Yeah, I, th-
1: that's a very, uh, thanks for bringing this up, and it's also given me an opportunity to really let everybody know uh, what an amazing team that we have uh, in terms of delivery of these features. I represent a team of very strong uh, engineering talent, um, and we have been rapidly releasing those features. So just uh, as, as you mentioned, you know we had been uh, offering bare metal services, or virtual machine services, very fast block and, and object storage. Uh, ExaData was launched on our platform a couple months ago. Rack all these database capabilities with a very high-speed backbone network that um, offered, you know, high levels of reliability and, and, and performance on on our, on on our on our infrastructure. What we have done is, or we are continuing to do, is is continuing to expand and and, and enhance our platforms. So, what we have what we have announced um, during Oracle Open World with a new X7 uh, base servers, we are going to be offering bare metal servers that have 52 cores and 51 terabytes of NVMe SSD RAMs available in a single box. Just to give you an idea, the previous iteration of of the platform that we had had 36 cores and about close to about 28 terabytes of NVMe SSD. So almost like double the the, the core count Um, from a Network connectivity perspective, we had 10 gig going to every server within our infrastructure, offering guaranteed performance. What we are announcing is we are going to be the first cloud provider in production to offer 25 gig to a server. And when we say 25 gig to a server, this is across thousands of servers that run in our in our infrastructure. These are these are major major enhancements, uh, which which customers can uh, utilize. And then. What you heard a lot about, uh, you know, the autonomous database services. All those services will be available on our Oracle Cloud infrastructure. We made a lot of announcements around container services, which is uh, being primarily built by our platform as a services, uh, you know, teams, which is going to be available on the platform as well. Uh, And and the other big announcements were, you know, we've been acquiring a lot of companies, uh, making sure that we have a comprehensive portfolio. Um, So, one of the companies that we acquired was Dyn. And we're very happy to see that, you know, it just gives you the speed, idea for speed of execution of our team. Dyn, the DNS provider. Yes, exactly. So, their services are now integrated into the Oracle Cloud infrastructure natively. and uh, at some very very aggressive price points. Um, so we're very proud of that because it required collaboration on both the teams. Uh, Ravelo, which is another company that we acquired uh, a couple, uh, maybe close a year ago, uh, we have optimized its capabilities on our platform. So from VMware previous, on Oracle Yes, yeah, so you can basically use Ravelo which is a nested hypervisor technology and you can take VMware workloads and migrate them over to the cloud in a very seamless way. Uh, almost five to eight times performance we have increased on that platform because now they're running on pretty much bare metal machines and highly optimized for that environment. Uh, So these are a couple, I think I counted, we have more than uh, I think 50 plus features that we have released um, as part of our announcement and uh, we're just not stopping there, it's just a start. Kash, thank you so much for your time. Yeah, appreciate it.
0: This episode of the Data Center Podcast is brought to you by Data Center World, the global conference for data center, facilities, and IT professionals. Join industry colleagues in San Antonio from March 12th to March 15th, 2018, to discover solutions to real-world data center problems. Learn more at datacenterworld.com. Again, that's datacenterworld.com.